Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Oh, man, it's so good to to be in God's house with you. What a special, special time in God's presence. I I want to, real quick, we're we're in a series called uh, Just God of Miracles, and if you're in our uh, new to our community, we're preaching on miracles and believing God for miracles the rest of the year. God's been doing miracles. If you would, please let us know if God does a miracle in your life, in your heart. Uh, we have a, a, an, an email on our website. You can go right to the bottom. It says my transformation story, I believe. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to hear the miracle. We'll share it. We'll, we'll praise God from the rooftops with it so that it'll increase all of our faith to believe God for those miracles. And so um, please share those with us. We're hearing stories of, of big and small miracles. Um, no, no miracle is small. You know what I mean? So I, it all matters. And, I want you to I want you to know that and share that with us. As we were worshiping, a lot of times God will drop things on my heart um, that maybe someone needs healed from. Uh, in the in the scriptures, it's called the word of knowledge. I don't know if you're familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit allows us to walk in is called, it's called a word of knowledge, where you might hear something from the Lord that you wouldn't know apart from Him. And I just feel like, and, and this one's a little a little uh, broad, but the first thought I heard, I, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, "I want to heal people's hearts today." And, and uh, Pastor Dylan got up here and said, "God, you're healing hearts right now." And I just whether it's uh, legitimate heart disease or it's a hurt or bitterness, and my word's going to deal with. Some some of that today, the word of God, uh, but that you would just have healing in your heart. And then there was a, another word God said to me that he wanted to heal. And this is an awkward uh, thing for me because I've never even heard of this word much. And he just said uh, that someone deal, is dealing with palsy and that, that God would want to heal them of palsy. And so I, I don't really even know what that is, but but uh, if you're fighting that or, or that's hitting close to home, uh, we'd love to pray with you after church and after service and believe God for that, for that miracle. Uh, God of miracles. Several weeks ago, we started out this series and we looked at Jesus at his hometown where he could do no mighty miracles because of their, their unbelief, but it didn't start with unbelief. It started with familiarity and familiarity led to offense. Come on, anybody married? <laughs> and, uh, and, and familiarity uh, led to offense and then um, offense uh, led to, um, uh, <laughs> that hit home, offense. <laughs> Uh, familiarity led to offense and then, and they were offended at Jesus. And then, and then once they got offended, it, it, they, they, it, Jesus said, I'm without honor in my own hometown. So, so now offense led to dishonor. So there was a progression and then dishonor led to doubt. And Jesus says, I can't do any mighty miracles because of their unbelief, but unbelief started with familiarity. And I think it's easy to get familiar with Jesus and familiar with the thought of miracles and familiar with, Oh, he's supernatural. And Oh, we come to church. And, but I just, I think we want to combat that. And, uh, and so we saw that. And then last week we looked um, at Jesus responding and stopping in his tracks to people that were desperate. And I, I shared in my heart that I'm just, I'm desperate for God to build his church. I'm desperate for God to, to build his house. I'm desperate for God to invade my life and my family. And, and so this week I want to look at Isaiah and Isaiah reminds us uh, of God's name. And he reminds us that God's a God of miracles. He reminds us that God does miracles and and he gives us some names of Jesus. It's a very dark season when Isaiah begins to prophesy. There's darkness over the land. It's a, it's a, doom, it's a doom and gloom prophecy that Isaiah begins to speak. But in the middle of this dark prophecy that he begins to explain, all of a sudden this kind of burst of light comes on the scene. And he, he, he makes a statement. He says, in a land of great darkness, where people sat in darkness, a, a great light shined. And, and hear me, like a lot of times when there's great darkness, we just, all we can do is sit. 
Uh, people who sat in great darkness. There was no motion. There was no movement. Come on. If you've ever lost hope, sometimes all you can do is just sit down. Like it's so dark. It's, it's so hopeless. Like how can I? And in the middle of that dark moment, in the middle of a land that needed God, in the middle of a dark uh, uh, nation. Come on. So anybody, anybody look out over our nation and go, man, it's a dark land. We need light. We need the light of God. In the middle of that, Isaiah says, there's a light that was shown. There was a son given in Isaiah nine. I'm going to read. This is the culmination that he prophesies this Messiah King that would reign in peace and righteousness in the middle of darkness, uh, coming to a state of people who needed God, who needed the supernatural God in a land covered with darkness. He prophesies in verse six, he says, for unto us, a child is born in the middle of this dark land. He says, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Anybody glad for that? Come on, the government's on Jesus' shoulders. That's a, everybody needs a good dose of that right now. Government is shifted to his shoulders. Come on. He's got big enough shoulders to handle, handle our nation and handle the world. And come on, he formed the whole entire world. His government's upon his shoulders. And listen, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And his name shall be called Wonderful. My title for today is, Would You Like Wonderful With That? Would you like wonderful with that? Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you are wonderful. And not only are you wonderful, you are wonderful. Thank you that your name is wonderful. It's your character. It's your attributes. It's your, it's your being. Lord, show us who you are today as you heal and set free and Give us hope and, and, and maybe some darknesses that we're facing. We thank you that you're wonderful today. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Would you like some wonderful with that? When Isaiah gives us those names, uh, the name wonderful is actually the attributes in Hebrew. When they would take a name on, it was actually the character of, of who they were. So this isn't an adjective about Jesus. This is the name of God. It, it, it's, a, it's a noun. He is, his name is, is wonderful. And, and so, so these attributes are who he is. It's not just describing him. It is him. Um, I uh, love to go out to eat. My family and I love to go out to eat. Anybody love to go out to eat? Come on, I know it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe you like to cook at home. Maybe you have a home chef. If you do, I'll share him with you or her with you. I'd love to have a home chef, but we don't have that. We go out to eat often. We love, I haven't, I haven't been to Ruth Chris in a long time. Uh, I went with a couple pastors several months ago and uh, went out to Ruth Chris. And um, I don't like to go to Ruth Chris anymore. I don't enjoy it because I quit eating meat. And so, uh, and I used to make fun of people like me. And so I would make fun of you if you went to Ruth Chris and ordered chicken. I would, I would make fun of you I, I, just because, like, it's called Ruth Chris Steakhouse. It's not Ruth Chris Chicken House. It's not Ruth Chris. It's, it's Ruth Chris. You go to Ruth Chris because you want a filet mignon. You want uh, a T-bone. You want a T-bone with the bone in, maybe. You want a New York strip. You want a ribeye with some marbling in it. And so I went, and, and again, what I usually do to people, I reaped, and the pastor I went with began to make fun of me because I ordered sea bass at Ruth Chris. Now, I will tell you, it was pretty darn good, but, but, I, but I don't think anybody sets out for Ruth Chris for sea bass. I don't think that, I just don't think that's the situation. And so I go for, for the steak. My family and I, when we would travel, we love burgers. Come on, stock and barrel uh, burger. We love stock and barrel in town. It's a great place. We love uh, Chick-fil-A. Come on, Chick-fil-A, all, all things Chick-fil-A. I can eat at Chipotle all the time. Um, when I used to eat Chick-fil-A often, I'd get the chicken uh, wrap with the avocado ranch dressing. Come on, any avocado ranch dressing people? 
Oh, man, that stuff was so good. And growing up, we'd go through drive throughs at times, Chick-fil-A drive through We'd go through McDonald's drive through And all the time when we'd go through these drive throughs with, with, with three kids and maybe some friends, it's crazy. Any parents, any drive through parents with some kids, it's crazy going through the drive through And you pull up, and they're like, what would you like to order? And you're like, at McDonald's. And I'm like, man, okay, we'll take chicken nuggets, and we'll take... And they're like, I want it. Ah! And they're screaming from the back of the car. And you're like, quiet, how many? And I'm like, babe, help me. How many do we have? How many French fries? Big Macs and, and chicken nuggets and you get everything and finally you get all the orders in and everybody calms down and everybody's quiet and all of a sudden the guy on the little microphone behind the hidden billboard because he knows that he shouldn't do this says, would you like an apple pie with that? <laughs> and all the kids, yeah, an apple pie. <laughs> you go to Chick-fil-A and you're in there and you're ordering all chicken nuggets and a chicken sandwich and a chicken wrap and they say, would you like a milkshake with that? And everything breaks out. And you know, you know, I don't want a milkshake with that. You know, you know, I don't want an apple pie with that because I would have ordered it if I wanted an apple pie with that. And the fact that you had to ask me if I want an apple pie with that proves to me that you've been, pe- been trained to peddle and promote stuff that's not the main thing. <laughs> proves to me that you don't really understand that I came here for the main thing. I came here for what's on the main menu. I came here for the main dish. I came here for the filet mignon. I came here for the T-bone strip. I came here for the thing that you're known for. I want what you're known for. I don't want an add-on. When we come to Jesus, his name is wonderful. It's not an add-on. It's not a side dish. No one has to ask me, do I want some wonderful with that? When I pull up to Jesus, I pull up to wonderful. When I, when I roll into the things of God, I roll into wonderful. It's not, an, it's, not, it's not an adjective. It's not a surprise. It's not, no one has to promote or peddle that wonderful comes with his name. He is wonderful. He is the filet mignon, somebody. He's wonderful. I think sometimes we think it's an adjective and we think it's an add-on. We think it's a side dish. No, it's not a side dish. It's his nature. It's his name. It's everyday life. And here's some thoughts. If his name is wonderful, then we, we have to expect the unexpected. You and I, you and I have to expect the unexpected. Here's, here's the Hebrew definition of his name, wonderful. It literally means this, to cause a wonderful thing to happen, to fulfill a promise or a vow, to do what seems impossible. When you, when you pull up to Jesus, you pull up to, to, to him doing what seems impossible. His name is wonderful. That means full of wonder. Here, here's actually more definition. It's his name, not an adjective. It's his nature. It refers to things that are unusual, beyond human capacity. It awakens astonishment, incomprehensible. It refers to God working miracles in the circumstances of your life. The unexpected, the unexplained, the abnormal, one who works in the unsolvable things too difficult for you. The God of miracles. Unto us a son is given and his name shall be wonderful, miracle impossible worker. We pull up and we expect that thought. Listen, if God is wonderful, you might've seen it on the screen. If he is wonderful, you have to begin to expect the unexpected. Why are we so surprised at miracles? Why are we so astonished at it? It says that it's the normal miracles. I wrote this down. Miracles should not be the exception. They should be the expectation. 
There's a friend in the Bahamas. You've heard me say it. I believe some of you, he's passed away now. He was a minister at a large church in the Bahamas, but went around the world and they were in a service and a lady got healed of cancer in the service supernaturally. And it was confirmed and, and, and everybody's going, he's an American minister and everybody's just going wild. This is amazing. And, and, and he's not making any, emo, no emotions. And they're like, why, why aren't you happy? He's like, because his name is wonderful and he's full of wonder. And I'm not surprised by it. Like all of you, <laughs> that's what he said to him. He's like, we aren't surprised by it. We expect it. We expect it every day of our life. I, I expected the people in the Bible. Listen to me. They weren't surprised when Jesus did miracles. They were grateful when he did miracles. Surprise and gratefulness are two different things. I want to be grateful when he does it, but I don't want to be surprised when he does it. The people coming to Jesus that went to him for the impossible, not hope, they believed, they expected him to work a miracle in a situation that couldn't be, couldn't be worked in their natural strength. It's wonderful things, full of wonder, full of awe, full of, full of, full of astonishment. Like, wow, how did that happen? Signs and wonders, they're happening all the time. A couple of thoughts. There was a guy in our church, he was struggling financially and didn't have enough money to pay for food for the month. I just heard the story last week, didn't have enough money to pay for food for the month. And so, so he was praying on his face in our church for hours and just asking God. He went home and his wife, he didn't know about that. His wife told him, hey, we, don't, we have money to cover everything here, but we don't have enough money to cover food for the kids. And, he, and just out of his heart came this statement. And he, he, said, he said, God's going to use our kids to feed our kids. And she was like, what does that even mean? She's like, that doesn't make any sense, dude. And he was like, I don't know what it means, but, but God's going to use our kids to feed our kids. And she, she was like, she's getting mad. Come on, wives. You know, she's like, you better go get a second job or something. Like, he's working. He, he, she's like, that doesn't make sense. Come on. You know, God doesn't always make sense. The next day in the mail came an envelope from the IRS addressed to his oldest child, who was eight. <laughs> Kid ain't got no job. It's in a tax return. And, and, and it was a government issued uh, COVID relief card with $400 on it, the exact amount to pay for the groceries that they needed that was dated a year prior that was supposed to come to their family in August of a year ago, a year and a day prior. Yes. And, he, and he looks at his wife with tears in their eyes. God's going to use our kids to feed our kids. Come on. They had a little Kroger shopping trip, somebody. I, I just... God's, God's doing miracles. I, I see the Holdens right there. Uh, uh, the, so, so, so uh, Courtney, you were, so we have a, um, a co-op uh, school that meets in here. And I, probably, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that because everybody's going to come put their kids in it. But, but it's, a, it's something called Classical Conversations. They meet in here on Monday and they use it in some of our rooms. About two months ago, I told, um, uh, probably about two months ago, I told their boys, they have twin boys, Kendall and Oak. And if you ever met their boys, you need to meet their boys. And so Oak is like, uh, he's, 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 how was he, 12, 11? 10, 10. He feels like he's like 80, right? He's got this, this wisdom of 80 on him. He's got this raspy voice and he's an actor and he's just dramatic. And he's just, if you meet Oak, you never forget it, right? We were, anyway, I told him that I had these hats from the Ice Bears hats that the coach of the Ice Bears gave to me to give to the boys. And I, and I got the hats and they were in my office at home. And it had been about two months and I hate saying something and not keeping my word. And so, so it had been bugging me and I hadn't brought them the boys, the hats yet. They're in kids ministry. I'm preaching out here. So I don't always get to see them on Sundays. So finally I said, 
I'm going to put these hats in the back of my car. And so when I see them, I'll give them to them. Well, I put them in the back of the car and, and I didn't end up seeing them. They're in the car for another two or three weeks and just sitting in the back of the car. And the other day I was coming in the office on a Monday morning and classical conversations is in there and their boys were meeting in school. And I just told myself, you know what? And I saw the hats. I go, I'm just going to go in there and take them the hats today. And, and I'm just, just randomly thinking like, go take them the hats. And so I pulled up, I walked in, I opened the door and I have keys. And so the, the building is safe, but I'm, I, I passed her here. So I got to come in and I walked into the room and Courtney saw me and she's like, hey, and Oak sees me and I got the two hats in my hand and Oak looks up. And he's like, oh, Jamie. <laughs> so he said, Jamie, you came through for us. <laughs> you came through. I was like, oh, yeah, man. I was like, look, I, was like, I got the hats. I told you it came from Coach Carr. And, 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 and here's the hats for you. He's like, oh, you know, he's like, you wouldn't believe it. Today is silly sock and hat day. You came through. And I had a Blue Angels hat, but I dropped it in the men's urinal this morning. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, like the Holy Spirit. I looked at him. I said, it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, I didn't know. It's silly hat day. You, the Holy Spirit came through for you. I mean, listen, guys, God is directing and he does things that make us go, oh, you came through. Oh, God. You came through for me. Wow. Expect the unexpected in your life. Jeremiah 32, 17. Oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. What are you dealing with today that you feel is too hard for God? Can I just tell you he's wonderful? That you would expect the supernatural. Acts 2, 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. That literally God attested to the validity of Jesus with wonders and all moments and the miraculous Hebrews 2, 4. God also bearing witness with both signs and wonders and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. God authenticates the message of the gospel with signs, miracles, and wonders. And let me just say, you need to walk in them so that it's authenticated out there in the workplace and the world and where you're trying to do battle every day of your life. We need it. And God authenticates and you can be bold enough to step out on the water and to believe God, because he's going to back you up with miracles and signs and moments of going, wow, you came through for me. How did God even do that in your life? I think it's so important. John 16, 33 in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Jesus and being wonderful has overcome all that. He wants to take every battle that you're facing and overcome it today. I don't know what it looks like for you. My kids, when, I was, when they were little, they'd always get me. Actually, when they were teens, when they were younger, they'd get me. They'd just walk up to me and they'd just, they'd just hold something out. And me being naive would just take it. And they'd walk off. I'm like, why am I holding your clothes? Why am I holding your dirty dish? Why, why am I? I? I finally caught on what they were doing to me. They just, found, they just figured out. They walked up to me and handed me stuff. I'd grab it and take it. And they'd just walk away. Finally, I called on. I'm like, no, I ain't taking that. You take that. 
But that's our father in heaven. Like if we just walk up and hand him the battle, if we just, we just walk up and hand him the weight, we just walk up and hand him what's too heavy, what, 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 what wonderful can carry and we can't, we just hand it, here you go. And God just, he's not like me. He's like, I'll take it. And he begins to carry the battles that we face. The next few minutes, I want to go through a story of a woman in the Bible. And I want to encourage you with what his wonderful name could do for you today. This woman is suffering 12 years. You know the story. She's been bleeding for 12 years, internal problems. And um, I, I, there's a lot of different um, speculation around what it was, but she's been bleeding for 12 years. She's been ostracized in the community. Um, and I'll get into a little bit of that, but she has no hope. The Bible says in Mark five, I'll pick up in 25. It says now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. Come on. Anybody ever felt that way? but she grew actually worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, her came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. There's some things that I just want to point out in this passage that literally if Jesus is wonderful, here's what it means to me. The first thing it means to me is that I have power to overcome my biggest obstacle. Your biggest obstacle, if he's actually wonderful, he has actually the power to help you overcome. This woman had bled for 12 years. She spent all of her money. She's broke. She's doing no better. She's actually left in a worse situation. She's labeled incurable by herself and by society. The enemy's told her she's incurable. She's told herself she's incurable. Now society has told her she's incurable. Come on, I've been there. You've been there. I've spent all of your emotional resources, all your physical resources, all your mental resources, all your social resources, and you still feel like you're no better. Sometimes one year has the ability to tell you it's incurable. Sometimes we get through half a year, we get through a third quarter, and we're like, man, this is incurable. Satan is always telling you and I, the situation is incurable. He wants to use situations to tell you it's incurable. But the greatest obstacle when wonderful shows up, when we're the weakest, he's the strongest. In this lady's story, Jesus shows up and she pushes towards him and she has this faith, listen, to risk everything. In society, if you were unclean, she could have been stoned and killed. She had to shout unclean, unclean everywhere she went. And she had to risk getting into a crowd and actually pressing into Jesus. Many believe, and I'm going to share it in a minute. She had disguised herself and she was willing to press in and touch his garment. Come on. I don't know what situation you're facing, but I promise you, if you, are you willing to press in down here to an altar and touch, touch a prayer partner? Are you willing to put your hands in the air? Are you willing to sing a little louder than you have before? Are you willing to look a little silly and risk a little bit to reach for God? She reaches for God in this situation. So often we, we learn to deal with our discomfort. I'm just going to learn to deal with my discouragement. I'm just going to deal with my discomfort. But sometimes we have to risk reaching out to Jesus. Wonderful is here. And if you reach out to him with a little faith, you can overcome the greatest obstacle you're facing. Number two, it tells me I have power to overcome my greatest fear. Him being wonderful lets me know I can overcome the greatest fear that I've ever faced in my life. Her sickness had her 
at a place where she has been ostracized from all of humanity. She's broke, she's poor, she's destitute, she's bleeding, she's cut off from the community, and literally she has to go around shouting, unclean, 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 everywhere she walks. You know, many of you are in here today and you feel that same way in your heart as you walk out into jobs or you walk into the presence of God or you walk into a worship service. You feel unclean, unclean. You hear in your voice, in your mind, uh, divorced, uh, uh, shame, uh, failed. And the enemy wants to just shout into our minds so often, unclean, unclean. We can walk in the midst of crowds and feel that way. And here's this young lady and she comes to Jesus. Religion, listen to me, religion always makes people feel unclean and unwanted. Jesus always makes people feel loved and wanted. And I just, we, we have to, what are you saying? Jesus has a conversation with her. She touches his, his garment. She gets healed and he has this conversation. What he's saying is you're never too unclean not to come to me. You're never too unclean not to approach me. And can I just beg you and beg me and, and beg our church that we will always be a place that no matter what people are facing, no one is ever too unclean to approach Jesus or our relationships or each other or this community. We've all been there. And, and my greatest fear, I believe her greatest fear, she's relegated to isolation the rest of her life. I mean, Satan's job is to cut us off from the community that's been commissioned to heal us. All the reasons you get offended and all the reasons you want to leave church to church to church or get mad at authority or all those things because Satan wants to use certain things to cut you off from the community that's been commissioned to love and heal and encourage you. And we're all humans. We all mess up at times. But but man, let's let's get I mean, I, don't, I can get through sickness. I can get through pain. I can get through a divorce. My parents have been married seven times between the two of them. To each other. No, I'm just kidding. I want to lighten that up a little bit. I, I, I can get through dead. I can get through hard times, but I don't think I could get through a life relegated to isolation. And I think her greatest fear was that she'd never be hugged again. She'd never be accepted again in society. She'd never be uh, loved into family. She'd never be part of the community again. She'd be all alone the rest of her life. And here's what she does. She reaches and she risks it and she touches the hem of his garment and she's made clean. And she's overcome her greatest fear by wonderful. I think Jesus can overcome your greatest fear today. And the last one, and I'm going to pray with you in a second. If he's wonderful, he helps me overcome my greatest obstacle. He helps me overcome my greatest fear. And he gives me power to overcome my greatest hurt. A lot of times the hurts that we carry and the things that are in our heart, Jesus in this story, in, in Luke, he tells the mirror story, the mirror image. And there's a verse in there. After she touches Jesus, she's healed. And Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, everybody's touching you. And then he says this, and this is one of the greatest verses in all of the Bible. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. And then this woman, listen to this, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came and fell at his feet and told him the whole truth. That phrase is the greatest phrase in the Bible, I think. Seeing that she could not Go unnoticed. Unnoticed by who? She'd been unnoticed by the crowd. She was probably in disguise. She probably was covered up in a crowd, disguised, going unnoticed because she wasn't allowed to press in and get near Jesus. It was actually illegal and everyone knew her. And so if Jesus didn't understand who touched her, she probably was covered in disguise because everyone would have said, you're not worthy of a miracle. Don't get near the master. Don't get in the crowd. Don't touch us. And so she, she, she easily could have gone unnoticed by the crowd. 
she had for years. They didn't care about her problem. They didn't care about her bleeding. They didn't care about the issues she faced. They didn't care that she was broke. No one was helping her. They didn't care about her isolation. She easily was going unnoticed by the crowd. Some of you are in a crowd and you feel unnoticed all the time. I'll be honest. I've been there. Being a crowd of people, a crowd of pastors, a crowd of my peers and some, something in me, the enemy sometimes be like, you're unnoticed. I can stand on this platform all the days of my life and stand and, and, and preach the gospel and still feel unnoticed in ways in my life. And the reality is we all in times feel like we can be in places and still feel unnoticed. But this says that she realized she could not go unnoticed. Unnoticed by Jesus. Can I just tell you that Jesus notices everything you've been through and everything you're going through and everything that you're facing. And you might put on a big smile. You might cover everything up and you might slap on a disguise. You might think everything looks good and everybody is fooled, but he notices the pain. He notices the bleeding. He notices the internal hurt. He notices the small things and the big things. And he notices and he's wonderful. And he gives you the power to overcome the hurts that no one else can heal. He gives me the power and you the power. So thankful that he notices my life. He's the great noticer. As a man, I'm working on noticing. Come on, man. Any men? Oh, did you get a new haircut? Wow. Did you get new? I mean, did you get new shoes? Wow. Like sometimes I don't notice anything. I walk in, my wife's like, I shaved my head bald. I'm like, oh, wow, it looks great. I rearranged the whole house. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Come on, man. If she says, do you notice anything? You failed. You already failed. Do you notice anything? Are you done? Quiz. Pop quiz is over. You failed. Don't start guessing. Oh, you lose, you lose weight. Oh, new shoes. Oh, new haircut. Oh, new. Oh, I noticed you're angry. <laughs> I noticed I'm in trouble. Don't start guessing, guys. Come on. It, it just say, no, baby, tell me. I'll, I'll get it right next time. Not with Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus notices you. He notices your situation. He notices your heart. He notices what you're, what you're covering up. And here, this is where I want to go. This is so important because I think honesty when it comes to miracles is more important than discipline. I think being transparent and being real. The Bible says that she came to him. They're talking. It says, it says that she came and told him the whole truth. She'd already been healed. She takes the disguise off gets real and gets honest and comes and says the whole truth. It's a little word in there. It says she told him the whole truth. He begins to listen to the 12 year of her journey. He begins to take time in the middle of his day, in the middle of the crowd to hear all of it. And she's telling him and her heart's getting healed at this point because she's come out of the disguise and she's telling him the whole truth and he's willing to listen and he's willing to hear. And, and, and a miracle mentality for us in this day and age is opposite of the culture because we do everything to, 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 to manage our image and manage our brand and manage and curate what we look like in public. But the reality is we got to decide, you know what? I'm desperate enough to be honest and real. Oh God, I'm not whole. I don't want to be in a disguise. I need you wonderful. I expect you. You're wonderful. And I'm not going to disguise myself any longer and miss the miracle. I think having honesty and being open. And I don't know what you carry. I don't know what's been birthed in your heart that maybe was birthed in shame that you've kept secret. Can I tell you that secrets that are kept in shame or shame that is kept in secret will drive you further from the master, drive you further from those you love. But if you can come and just be whole and be real and take off the hidden, the hidden disguise, I think God could do a miracle in your life today. 
Man, he has power to overcome your greatest hurt. I want to expect it today, and I want to pray for you. I want you to expect miracles in your life today. I had a brother come up to me during worship, weeping and talking to me. He said, I had a miracle. We had a miracle this weekend. It was a miracle. Restoration. It's not just in your body physically. It can be relationally. It can be in your heart. It can be in your relationships. It can be coming out of isolation. Man, God wants to heal today. God wants to do some amazing things today. If a worship team would come and just play with me, I want to pray with us and believe God with us today. My children used to get a card from their great-grandmother. She's passed away now. Every Christmas, every Christmas they, she, would, they, she would give all three of my kids $20 bills every time, every year. Every year, $20. It got to the point where they, it got, they expected it. They'd open up the card, and they weren't really excited. I mean, it's nice. They're grateful. It's, not, it's like, oh, thank you, great mom. For the $20. That's how it was growing up, right? It's $20 every year. Six, seven, eight years. All of 20. I mean, I knew it was coming. My wife knew it was coming. They're going to get $20 this year. They'd open it up. Not real thankful. Not real wow moment. Thank you, great mom, for the $20. One year they opened the card and it was 40 We all hit the floor. Whoa! Oh my God. Wow. I just want some, you know, God's about to drop a 40 on you today. You, it's not the same church. It's not the same old songs, not the same old week, the same old job. It's like, whoa, 40. I want to expect the 40. I want to expect, I'm thankful for the 20, but I expect something unexpected today. Come on, Father, thank you for the unexpected today. I thank you that your name is wonderful. I thank you for every situation goes noticed with you. Every family member here, every church member here, every servant of God here, every son or daughter here, everyone that's been through hell and high water, everyone that's been bleeding maybe internally for years, maybe everyone that hasn't gotten better today, oh God. We expect mindsets and ministries and hearts and and I pray for the drama to cease and the desertion to stop and and, and the person that's checked out of that marriage to come back and, and the kids that are a little bit wayward to pull back up to the house and for open dialogue to get again and for those that want to commit suicide today that maybe feel hopeless Lord to, to have a breath of life and a light that shines in dark places I pray for light to permeate every home and every house and every city and every street in this area Oh, God, we believe for the unexpected. I pray for for moments where, oh, you came through. Thank you for the crazy hat day, Lord. You came through, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you for the small and the big. Lord, we would like some wonderful with that. You're the main thing today, and we believe that you are going to do miracles. Online, if you're watching, I pray for miracles in your home and in your life today. I pray for stories to flood in this week and And really for eternity about the miracles you're doing for us and through us, oh God. We don't want it just for us. We want it to happen through us. Lord, there's a hurt, dark, dying world. Lord, use us to reach it. Authenticate your son and your gospel message with miracles and signs and wonders today like you did in the Bible. Thank you that your word's alive. Heal hearts, overcome obstacles, remove fears today, Jesus. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for another second. Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've, you've never, you felt unclean. Maybe you're watching online, you felt unclean. You're like, my life is too much of a mess to actually really think that I deserve anything from God. 
I've gone too far. I've messed up too much. I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. No, 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 no. Jesus says, come to me. I notice you. I, I know what you've gone through. I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't left you. I haven't, I haven't abandoned you. Come on, today might be your day. The Bible says this, that Jesus came to this planet called earth that he made. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He went to a cross, took all of our shame, our guilt, our punishment, took everything that was too heavy for us to carry, all of our wayward mistakes, took all of that, past, present, and future, nailed it to a tree to take what we deserved and to give us his perfect life. It was the great exchange. He he took out a heart of stone from us and put in a heart of flesh. And then he didn't stop on that tree. He rose from the dead to prove to you and I that we can have a relationship with God forever, to give us a brand new heart and to remove all of our sins and shame and guilt. If you're in this place today and you've been waiting or hesitating, you think, man, I'm not ready. No, today's your day. If you're online, would you just type in right now, fresh start. If you need a fresh start with Jesus, if you're, you're ready to turn from your sins or your past or your own strength and say, you know what, God, I surrender. I come to you today, Jesus. I reach out for you. I'm desperate for you. I believe you're God. Would you just type in fresh start? And if you're in this room, no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward. But if you'd say, you know what, pastor, heads bowed, eyes closed. I I need a fresh start with Jesus. I'm actually ready. I I I can't do it in my own strength. I'm ready to surrender to him that he would be my Lord and leader. Would you put your hand up to me? Pray for me. I I need you to pray for me. I need to make a fresh start. Put it up high so I can pray with you. I need a fresh start with God today. Thank you for your boldness. I need a fresh start with Jesus today. I I need to surrender. Anybody else? Thank you for your honesty. Come on, if you're online, would you type that in? Come on, church. People saying yes to eternity. If you didn't put your hand up, but you know you needed to, put your heart up right now in this prayer with me. Let's all pray a prayer together. No magic in the words. It's just a prayer of surrender. Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you came to this earth. I believe you lived a perfect, sinless life, and you took all my sin and shame and mistakes and nailed it to that tree. I believe you died on that cross for me and you love me. I believe you rose from the dead. I turn from my old life. I, t- I repent of my sins and I turn to you. I turn to that cross. I turn to, to you being the living God. I believe that you rose from the dead. Be my God. Fill me with your spirit and lead me the rest of my life. I believe that you do miracles. Start with me in Jesus matchless name. Come on, let's give God crazy praise in this place. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.